Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to the draft, so we are firing out extra podcasts, dropping this one on a Wednesday night. Special guest, Phil Sims, the great Phil Sims, uh, the NFL Today CBS Sports Analyst. NFL on CBS analyst, I suppose it is, but he is on the NFL today and he does a great job with it. He will join us in a second. Um, also make sure tomorrow night, Thursday night, 8 PM on Podbean, we're going to do a live mailbag with the super friends. We're going to be hanging out on Podbean, download the app in your app store, uh, Apple, iOS, Google, wherever you get it, Android, and, uh, you can come and chat with us. So if you like the podcast as a once, it's not a once in a lifetime opportunity, but it's a, you know, at least a once a, you know, once in a month opportunity. Myself, Ryan Wilson and Sean Wagner McGuff will be there. John Breach, of course, celebrating the birth of his child. Uh, probably not joining us, but who knows? Maybe he'll be from the hospital, uh, with some free time. We'll see, but we'll get him on the Podbean app too. Um, also in the feed, we have rankings from Danny Cannell quarterbacks, Josh Edwards running backs, Ryan Wilson wide receivers coming up on Friday. Or Wilson will be on Thursday, excuse me. Coming up on Friday, Pete Prisco, tight end and offensive lineman. You can check out our show on CBS Sports HQ, 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern every single weekday. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that Tom Brady did an interview with Howard Stern. You can stream that entire interview. It's like two and a half hours. It's a really fascinating interview. Phil and I sort of touch on it. Uh, in the upcoming interview, but, uh, or the upcoming podcast, but, uh, you know, it, it was, it was crazy. And we'll go on it more on the CBS Sports HQ show and probably in our Super Friends draft. But Brady basically admitted that he, uh, knew his time was up in New England. He, he was steadfast and Howard did a great job pressing him on this. He was steadfast that he loves Bill Belichick, that he's rooting for the Patriots, that there's no ill will and that he, you know, he asked him, you know, is it Brady? Is it Belichick? Which one is it? He said it was, but neither. They also talked about, uh, some personal stuff. I'm not going to dive into that. You can, you can Google it yourself, uh, involving his home life, if you know what I mean. And, uh, as, as Howard Stern just wants to do, but make sure you go check out, you got a free trial, uh, Series XM is free right now through May 15th. So you can go stream that for free at your own leisure. In the meantime, let's go talk to Phil Sims. All right, Phil, thanks for joining the show. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I am curious. Uh, we, we're not going to dive into the specifics of the interview per se, but Tom Brady uh, has sort of owned this offseason. He is now with the Buccaneers. Um, do you think it makes a difference in a player's legacy, like a Tom Brady, um, to play for a second team later on in his career? Does it hurt his legacy, help it, or is that what you're saying? Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. I guess it I, I think it, it, out, it, in the long well, well, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'll just say this in the long run. I don't think it's going to mean anything. I mean, we don't think of Joe Montana, Joe, uh, you know, Joe Namath. Um, uh, who else did it? Uh, uh, shoot, Pey- there's Pey- been quite Pey- a few. Brett Favre. 
Peyton Manning, of course, my God, and Brett Favre. I forgot those two. I was thinking of Johnny Unitas did it. Yep. So, you know, I think Tom Brady is looking to go do it and make it. Brett Favre got close to going to a second team and going to the Super Bowl, but he threw one of those interceptions that kind of kept him from going that he did a lot during playoff games. But uh, I think Tom Brady, for this whole thing, if he can go to Tampa and they can go to the playoffs and he can have great success, you know, it's just it's now – and, and I, I believe this, and I don't know what you feel. He wants to show everybody that he can do it without Bill Belichick. And um, that that's what a lot of this is. And, you know, didn't go the OTAs the last two years was probably the start of this separation between the – the New England Patriots and Tom Brady, but uh, I, I'm sure he's very excited about a new environment, new system, new coaches, just a different way of doing things, and uh, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, absolutely. And he said he told Howard Stern on uh, on, on Wednesday morning that he knew going into 2019 that it was probably his last year with the Patriots, and I think some of those frustrations probably uh, popped up. You, you know, you, you see the finality coming. I, I'm curious, Phil, did you ever? Uh, were you ever close to playing for a team other than the Giants? I mean, you had that one-team legacy yourself. Yeah, no, when I was let go, uh, really caught me off guard after my 15th year. We had a good year that year. I uh, went to the playoffs, won a game. Took, we, you know, team wasn't expected to be much, and we turned, you know, turned into. We played well. Uh, Dan Reeves was the coach. I was let go. I did think about going to the Cleveland Browns with Bill Belichick. He was down there. I went down. Uh, we kind of. I thought I was going to go there. It didn't work out. Thought about going to Arizona. You know, there was a couple, probably three or four teams that I gave thought to. They offered me great contracts, and uh, but when it came down to it, my wife did not want to move from the area. My kids were growing up. I had a, you know, my oldest son Christopher was getting ready to go into high school, and um, so they just said, "Hey, that's great. We we're so happy for you. Go play. We'll visit you on weekends." <laughs> and I said, "All righty." So that was the end of that conversation. Yeah, that that will uh, that will uh, that will shut it down pretty quick. Do you think that um, Bill Belichick and Brady are, are inherently tied together forever? You know, I, I think Belichick's run in Cleveland sort of gets a bad rap because he had turned the team around. Sure, it does. Yeah, I mean, they, yes, it does. They, he flipped it around, and then they decide. You know, Art Bedell pulls the team out of, and takes him to Baltimore. Um, how do well, you people th- forget? Well, how about this? People forget. I think that year, Sports Illustrated had him on the cover. The Cleveland Browns, the Super Bowl champions of that year. That mm-hmm. was the prediction. So once they decided to leave, of course that um, tore the team up, the town, the whole thing, and the team completely fell apart once they announced they were leaving to go to Baltimore. Of course, and and look, you know. Belichick well from from playing uh, on the same teams as him in New York. How, how do you think? Where, where do you think his he, his his headspace is and his mindset is for 2020? Knowing that you know, I mean, he has Jared Sidham on the roster. He has uh, you know, he lost Tom Brady. I, I can't imagine he's not going to try to compete. But there are people who have different schools of thoughts about what he's going to do uh, in in the coming year with this Patriots roster. Well, you know, his head's at, you know, I don't know, Tom, I, I listen, I, I, I know Bill Belichick pretty well, of course, all the years doing their games. He was with the Giants for uh, almost my whole career and everything. And, and Bill Belichick is not sitting there, you know, uh, you know, uh, stressing over anything. Oh, Tom Brady's gone. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? He's just going to just keep marching along, which he is great at, uh, never gets too emotional about anything. And, 
you know, I, I don't know if he ever looks at it like goes, oh, I want to re, we're going to rebuild and suffer for a year. I don't know if that's in his makeup. I would say it's not. So I think they feel good that they'll go with Jared Stidham and they'll kind of, I think, kind of play the way they did last year, rely on their defense, uh, be smart on offense, and, and try to win games that way. It'll be, I'm interested to see. I think it's exciting that Tom Brady has left the New England Patriots and gone down to Tampa Bay, and it was a great match for him going down there. It's a really good fit for him and the team, but it's exciting. Just a lot to talk about to see and hear all the discussion. Oh, who was it? Was it Tom Brady that won all the Super Bowls, or is it Bill <laughs> Belichick? Well, first off, it's a stupid discussion, but it'll be talked about constantly all through the year, and, and uh, we'll be part of it, and then we'll have to listen to it too. <laughs> that's a that's a very nice summation of uh, NFL media coverage in 2020. Phil. Oh yeah, yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. I told you it was Tom Brady. I knew it was Bill Belichick, and I'm like, oh my god, please, please, it just everybody. It, it's uh, well, I don't even want to get into it. Let's I'll wait till the season starts, and then we'll I'll save it for then, and we'll go on because there's well, just too much to talk about. Uh, hey, pro football, here comes the draft. Look at all these. There's some young kids that are pretty good quarterbacks. Their career is really going to be dependent on this. What team they go to, how's the organization, what's the design of the offense, and who's around him. That is going to be – their talent is one thing, but they have to have the right spot and place and all that to show their talent and be the person that they can be. And most of the time, well, it doesn't work out. You know, we see tons of really outstanding quarterbacks that never get a chance to win the Super Bowl because they play for terrible organizations and bad football teams. So we'll see how this works out. Okay, I, I have a question, a follow-up question about that same topic, but I want to point out that you and Tom Brady are on the same wavelength. He was asked by Howard Stern uh, if he was mad about Bill Belichick, about who got the credit, and he said, I think it's a pretty S-word argument. I can't do his job. He can't do mine. Can I be successful without him? The same level of success? I don't believe I would have been, but I feel the, I feel the same vice versa. So, uh, you know, same wavelength. Like it, it is well, about- a great answer. It really is a good answer. They were a, a great pair. It worked out for both. Bill Belichick bailed him out, and uh, Tom Brady uh, bailed Bill Belichick out a few times, too. So, uh, you know, look, think of the Super Bowls. They won. Think of so many things. Think of the tuck rule. You know, think of the interception by Russell Wilson. It just goes on. Uh, well, look at the other games they lost. The David Tyree catch. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's just, it's amazing. The, the kick out of bounds by the Carolina Panthers that gave the Patriots good field position to go down and kick the game-winning field goal. I mean, it, it's amazing what little things and turn of events change careers and everything that we think about. And, um, you know, you, to be a Super Bowl champion, you need to be really good. You need and this and that, and you know you need some breaks too. There's no question during the season and the playoffs, you need a break or two sometimes to show everybody that you were the best team in the NFL. Absolutely, and uh, the, you know the Patriots didn't catch every break. Uh, one of you know one of the teams that the, actually the only team that that took them down twice, the New York Giants, caught some breaks in 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 their run. I think it's interesting to compare, and you talk about young quarterbacks going to smart organizations. I, I'm just curious what you think because. You know, uh, we had Eli Manning who came in and got 11 years of Tom Coughlin. They win two Super Bowls together. And I know Tom was on the hot seat a lot, but they had that consistency throughout Eli Manning's career. Uh, it wasn't there in the end. He had, you know, 
McAdoo and Shermer. Um, do you worry a little bit that th- this organization has maybe gotten a little inconsistent with the development of a guy like Daniel Jones? Uh, well, no. I thought they listen. I thought the development of Daniel Jones last year was very good. I, as a a person that follows the sport, and you know, of course, watch quarterbacks. I think he lived up to everything you'd want out of the sixth pick of the draft. Uh, through the, just hung in there, great in the pocket. Uh, you know, an excellent thrower of the ball makes it easy to catch. Can put power on it when he needs to. He's daring throwing the football. Yes. Oh my God! Everybody, he fumbled. Let's all. That's all you hear. Oh my God! All the good things, but let's talk about the fumbles. Well, we can do this about everybody. He was a rookie on a team that we knew was not very good, and he lived up to everything. So he gives them hope. Now, as we talked about earlier, now the challenge is, can the Giants build a team good enough around him to let him really show all of his skills, which we didn't get to see them all, and then we'll see, hopefully we'll see one day, he'll have a chance to have great success because the organization, the coaches, and all that give Daniel Jones even a greater chance to show off the talent he has. Yeah, I think I guess the one thing that concerns me is that I feel like – um, you know, you bring in Joe Judge. I think Joe Judge could be a great coach. I, I don't know a lot about Joe Judge to tell you whether or not he'll be great. I, I don't think anybody. Well, of course we really, don't know. No, yeah, nobody does. You never. Nobody knows how a coach is going to be when they're a head coach because there's no training for it. It's like being a parent. You can't guess how you'll be as a parent until it actually happens. It's it's a whole different set of responsibilities. Um, but I I, I guess you know they have, there's this impetus from up top that uh, Dave Gettleman needs to win this year or else they're going to make a change. And I, I just tend to feel like organizations that are swapping in pieces left and right with a coach and a GM and all that stuff can sort of get themselves in trouble uh, by not staying patient. But it's, it's a difficult, you know, it's a difficult path to walk because you want to have the right guys in place, but you also want to have some consistency. Well, yes, of course you want consistency. That's a, that's a great thing. And we see that with all the teams that win, but you know, you got to get it together and you see, Hey, if it's not working, you've got to change and you keep changing until it starts to work. And all of a sudden, Oh, we got consistency. So, you know, yeah, Dave Gettleman, yeah, he's, he's under pressure because some of the things he's done and ha- has not worked out. Um, you know, they um, had chances to draft Quan no, Barkley. Of course, that worked out. But, you know, the O-line that they promised they would fix has really not been fixed the way they want it. I still think they, they've done a really good job this offseason uh, getting ready for, you know, getting the offensive line better. I think they'll probably draft somebody. But when you think of the Giants – where where's the star power? Who's the playmakers? Oh, we got Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. That's great. Who's going to sack the quarterback? Oh, basically, is right now we don't have that guy. And can they cover well enough? So those are a lot of the Giants are a team that is going to. It's not going to happen this year. They're not going to turn into a twelve and four team and look out. They're looking to just to build, to be better, to win more games, and really have have everybody think that, man, they got a lot of players that are going to get better and they can keep adding to it. And they're not in that position yet, but I think they have a chance to this year. That's why it's such a big year for Dave Gettleman. For sure. Uh, to circle back to Tom Brady, I, I think something you mentioned about quarterbacks and the fit in organizations as young players, I could not agree with more. I also think that a lot of times – you see a schematic fit with a player later on in their career, for instance, Carson Palmer and Bruce Arians, that just sort of unlocks the best skill set that that quarterback uh, has. The the marriage of the and I like Frank Wright and Philip Rivers. I think is gonna is gonna actually elevate Philip Rivers' game this year. 
I, I am curious though, do you think that, like, do you think that Brady and Bruce Arians is a compatible fit as in? Well, sure. Bruce Arians is smart enough to change his system from a seven step drop, you know, uh, no risk it, no biscuit into something that fits what Tom Brady's skill set is, right? Well, I, I don't know about that. I mean, they're going <laughs> to keep their seven step drops in there. So that's going to do it. It just might be more from the shotgun with Tom Brady. Okay. And yeah, so they're going to put in all the little things that he likes, some of the cute plays, you know, screens, picks, stuff like that, which they were really great at. And some of the, maybe the quick play action throws over the middle, which they're really good at. But, you know, by and large, yeah, they're going to do certain things. But Tom Brady, it can be the exact same offense, Will, and it'll look, we'll go, oh, look at the changes they're making. No, mm. the difference will be that Tom Brady will make a different decision than Jameis Winston did. He'll throw it to the short guy instead of trying to hammer in the 20-yard throw or whatever. So I think Bruce Arians is going to have to make uh, some adjustments himself in that category. In other words, hey, Tom Brady's going to check it down. He's not going to stand there and take a beating. He's not Jameis Winston where Jameis Winston was a very mobile quarterback, which people don't yeah. understand. He moved around a lot, got out of trouble, and, hey, you know, made a lot of great plays. But the problem was he lost the football about two to three times a game. He usually ended up in trouble, and that's why he's not the starting quarterback anymore. So they can run the same system, but Tom Brady will make it look different because they'll get rid of football quicker. Uh, maybe be better in the pocket, and just really the biggest thing, be a more accurate thrower than Jameis was at times. So, so in other words, what it might be is more of like Bruce adjusting his play calling to t what Tom Brady's decisions are and then maybe dialing up these deeper passes at particular times that might be counterintuitive to what he's done before. Well, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is they'll call the same plays, but, you know, they don't send everybody. Everybody doesn't right, run deep down like, the field on every like play. It's not nine routes or anything. It's, I mean, there, there's, no, so he's going to – if he doesn't like it, if he feels pressure, he'll throw it to the running back in the flat, and they'll gain three yards and they'll wait for the next play. Okay. Instead of taking the, you know, 50-50 chance it's going to be caught or intercepted that they've kind of done in the past. So, uh, listen, Tom Brady, uh, the one thing we know, and, and smartly – and should be done by every quarterback in the league. Avoid every hit that's possible. Uh, it really is. If you think you're going to get sacked, just fall down. And, you know, instead of standing there and taking it and, you know, all that stuff like we used to do, because, because we were dumb. You know, we, we did, if, if I would love to come back and redo my career and play a different way. You know, hey, I think I'm going to get sacked. Let me go down. Let me get rid of the ball away for the next down instead of hang, trying to hang in there and throw a 20 yard end cut as I'm getting smashed by, Joe Klecko or Mark Gastineau or, or Reggie White, yeah. which was just part of the culture back then. It's changed, and Tom Brady is, you know, that's why he's played so long. He is not going to take hits and stuff like that, which is right. Hey, I think he led the league in throwaways last year, and he's, he's going to do a lot of those same things down in Tampa. So it's a great mix. I think it's good for Bruce Arians because he's going to learn to accept certain things I mean, I can tell great stories. I don't, I'm not going to waste all the time about what he says to quarterbacks sometimes, but he's going to accept what Tom Brady is and who he is. And I think it's going to end up being a really good relationship personally and a good relationship on the field. Hey, Phil Sims telling Bruce Arians stories is, is, is way more entertaining than whatever is coming out of Will Brinson's mouth. I can promise you that. Uh, I do want to touch though on, unless you have, if you want to tell one, you can by all means tell one. I won't. Well, you know, one time he had a quarterback, I won't name his name, the quarterback's in the pocket, boom, it's, you know, whatever, 
it's second down, it's it's uh, long yardage, and the quarterback takes off and runs and you know runs out of bounds and gets a first down. He's all excited. They call a timeout or whatever. He comes to the sideline and Bruce Arians goes, "What are you doing? What are you? I'll clean up the words. What are you, chicken? You can't stand in there. The guy was open if you'd have just waited and taken the hit, but no, you're." And he just went on, and it was a few curse words in there. And the quarterback's like going, oh, my God. You know, it's just like he ran for a beautiful first down, and he's just destroying him for not hanging in there and throwing the 20-yard in cut. And uh, so that's that's kind of how Bruce goes, and that's kind of the way he talks to his quarterback sometimes. But, hey, even at his age, whatever, I'm sure he's willing to change because why? He'll do whatever it takes to win. And uh, Tom Brady's going to give him a greater chance to win. And it's a listen, it's a good football team. Yep. Let's don't don't I, I you know I'm not going to say if, if they go 11 and five I'm not going to go oh I can't believe it. I mean look what they did last year how many games they blew I mean it, I mean literally just gave away. So this team is right there. They just got to get that that finishing touch on it, and that's why they went and got Tom Brady, hoping he's the guy that gives them that little extra polish to make it work. Well, they they want to win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady, and we mentioned, uh, you know, uh, look, uh, this is this is a time in in a it's a very bizarre time in America's history and the world's history, and because there's no sports, people are taking deep dives into uh, classic sporting events. So I would be curious to get uh, to discuss your your just a little bit for a minute uh, Super Bowl twenty one. Uh, you guys won thirty nine to twenty over the Denver Broncos, and uh, your would be later on Dan Reeves. Um, you were the MVP. You got to say you, you were the first. You coined. I'm going to Disney World. Um, and, right. uh, and and like I I love I love the idea that Neil Diamond sang the national anthem. And yeah, it was cool. Beach Boys at halftime show. I'm just sure curious about your memories from that and you know the, the 17 point third quarter, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I did, look, there's so many memories. Running out in the field or standing in the tunnel waiting for the game to start was probably the greatest moment. It was such an un- just wow the feeling. The, just everything you ever wanted, there it was, and you get to enjoy that moment for about two minutes before you get to – well, the good thing is we had stood there a little longer because Denver was um, announced first. But playing in the game, I did watch the game a while ago, and, you know, it's really funny. You look at it, we won 39-20, to 20, and I think we were up 39-10 to 10 at one time. But I look – and you watch the game and go, wow – the game could have turned around so easy and been so different. You know, they missed two short field goals. They didn't score from the one-yard line with three runs or whatever, all these things. And we went for it on fourth down, the first series of the third quarter. We were losing 10-9. to Who knows what happens if we don't make it. Uh, so there's so many, you know, and you don't realize that you just played a game. Right. And, and I never really thought of it myself. And then when I watched the replay, I went, man. This really could have been different. It just shows you just that moment or two in a game where everything can change, how you have to manage the game, emotions that go on each side, and confidence and all that stuff. You know, once you start making plays, confidence just goes up, and really you just get better. And it was one of those times once we started rolling, we had great players, and you know, like a lot of things in sports, once you get it going one way, it's hard for the other team to stop it. And Denver had a hard time stopping it once we got going. All right. So were you, did you, so you knew ahead of time that if you won the Super Bowl MVP, that you would be saying, I'm going to Disney World. Did you, you did know that, right? Like you guys had. Yes, I did. I, I, I agreed to it on a Friday night that I would do it. I was not going to do it 
They had John Elway to say it, and uh, they they guaranteed it no matter win or lose that they'd still, you know, pay us, which I didn't care. But I just said, you know, I I don't want to be involved in something like this. It's just not right. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, so it took me. They were bug, bugging me all week. My agent was just going, "Come on, come on," and then finally I said, "Okay, I'll do it." You know, and of course I'm glad I did it and to be the first one and to do it as I was doing it. I was going, "This is crazy." We just win the Super Bowl, and I'm walking across the field going, "I'm going to Disney World," <laughs> and uh, so, but. It, it makes for good conversation sometimes. It's cool to be the first at something, so I guess I could say I was the first one to do something, and that was it. You guys are also the first team to to pull off the Gatorade shower uh, on on Parcells, and I think you got doused with an ice bucket too. What? Uh, and yeah, I did. Deservingly so. I think the quote was because you were were so hot, like twenty and twenty five or whatever it was. What was it? Was that pre planned the Gatorade stuff, or was that something that just sort of came out naturally? Well, for me in that game, I, that wasn't nothing's pre-planned. I mean, the lineman uh, dumped it on me, right? So that that was cool. But you know, you're in such a different state of mind, and whatever you do, it you just kind of like you just I don't know. It's it's pretty interesting. You're not sitting, standing there going, "Oh my gosh, we won the Super Bowl." You just kind of like it, it's really amazing in the game. You just play. And I remember I never was worried about winning or losing. I was just playing. And uh, that's that's when you do your best. Just do it. Don't think about outcomes. Don't think about what you've done. And when you can do that, that's when uh, athletes play their best. But the Gatorade shower on Bill, I, I really kind of believe, you know, I have many thoughts about how it started. And was it because we were celebrating or was Bill like you really mean that week and they just dumped it on him to say, <laughs> you, you know, you were just over the top, so this is what we're doing to you. And Bill Parcells was very, uh, what do you want to call it? Um, what's Intense. the word for it? Intense? No, but the, when once something happened once, and we like we won the game and doused so, him with the Gatorade. Oh, well, now superstitious. What's that? Superstitious. Superstitious. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. See, he's very superstitious. So um, once it happened, it, it was going to happen every week, and then it became you know <laughs> kind of fun. And Harry Carson, you know. Played it up and all that, so it was pretty cool. And but I really kind of think it was brought out of the fact that one week he treated us so rough and everything was so t- so hard that they doused him with Gatorade to say, "All right, you you were whatever this week, and that's why we did it." And uh, since we won, uh, we had to keep it up. So and and you know he did that with a lot of things during the year. You know we we got to where on Saturdays most teams would go out and go for walkthroughs. Well, we didn't do it one week. And we played great, so he stopped walkthroughs on Saturdays. We just had meetings and go home. So wow. it was he was Bill was funny that way, but you know what? It's just one little thing that everybody buys into. You have a little fun with it, and if you think it's helping you or it's one of the reasons why you're winning, then you keep doing it. Do you, do you think he was aware of like what clothes he was wearing for the Super Bowl then? Because there's like a theory about Belichick that he – like when he wears a certain hoodie or a certain cutoff, the Patriots do well in the Super Bowl versus when he wears like the red hoodie, they don't win, et cetera. Yeah, well, I don't know. No, Bill just wore whatever. I don't think he remember him changing clothes. He wore a sweater that day. That's all I remember. It was really hot, and he had a sweater on. Ah, but, so maybe, you know, maybe, he, maybe he did. Maybe he was uh, thinking that he, he needed that for good luck. Because who wears a yeah, sweater? Yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't know. But I, I don't remember him being uh, – 
superstitious about uh, what he wore. So that I can't answer. All right, Phil Sims, one of the all-time greats. I appreciate you sharing the memories. Uh, of course, watch Phil on the NFL Today. You guys do great work. Excited for the 2020 season. Uh, Phil, thank you so much for your time, man. Well, man, thank you so much. Good talking to you and uh, looking forward to, well, you know, just stay safe and all that. We do what we can, and hopefully this thing is keeps moving forward. It gets better, and we can go back to a normal life. That'll be great. Thanks again to Phil. Fantastic conversation. He, I, I find him to be one of the funniest, sneaky funniest people in the business. Uh, make sure to download, subscribe, rate, and review. Reminder, Podbean, Thursday, 8 p.m., Check out our show on CBS Sports HQ every weekday, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Talk to you guys soon. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG.